0: This is the Blue Cloud Podcast, empowering the entrepreneurial lifestyle with insights on the leading trends in the mobile and digital landscape, turning ideas to empires. Hello, Blue Cloud people. This is Carter Thomas coming in from the big island of Hawaii. Aloha. I hope you're doing great. Today, I have a great podcast for you. I got to interview my friend Manol, who is one of the top Facebook traffic experts in the field, both for the web, but also for the mobile app ecosystem. I think a lot of people are really into at Facebook traffic on the web, but they've never really dabbled in the mobile app space. So they don't understand the nuances of installs and CPI and all that good stuff. Manol knows everything, and it's really, really interesting to talk to him about this, about all the tricks he uses and everything else. He is a paid traffic consultant and he specializes in mobile app user acquisition on Facebook and on Instagram. In the past two years, he's worked with companies like Game Academy, Apps Fire, social gaming companies like G5 Entertainment, GSN, and others managing over 7 million in advertising spend to acquire new users on Facebook. He's also... Uh, has an app business that has over four million downloads in his own game portfolio. So, not only does he, uh, you know, talk to talk and work with big clients, he also manages his own portfolio and does all this traffic stuff on his own stuff. And that's why this conversation is so cool, is because we get to see the inner workings, and it's not just theory. He's actually doing it on his games with his own money. So that's really cool. I think you're going to get a lot out of this if you've ever been interested in Facebook. Advertising for apps. This is going to be an enormous amount of information. There are a few parts where it gets into some of the specifics of apps, so if, or app Facebook ads, I should say. If you don't know anything about Facebook, that's no problem. I do my best to say things one more time, and and hopefully that there's no jargon or technical things that get you lost but no matter what you will get a lot out of this i highly recommend listening all the way through uh Manol is a really smart and really generous person so this was a terrific interview i had a great time and i hope you get a lot out of this this is the blue cloud podcast with carter thomas Welcome to the show.
1: Carter. thanks for having me. My pleasure.
0: Yeah, this is great. This is one of the most talked about topics in at both the live event that uh, we did and also just on the blog and in the Facebook groups, people are just, it's funny because in the mobile world, it seems like this Facebook ads are kind of this, this new hot thing and in the digital marketing world, it's like, oh yeah, Facebook, you know, where have you been for the last five years? Exactly. It's great, and so uh, we met through a mutual friend, and I think the introduction was basically like, if you are, if you want to know about Facebook ads for mobile, uh, Manol is the guy, <laughs> and as, you know, as I got to know you, and as we chatted, um, you were doing a lot in the app business before you started doing Facebook full time, right?
1: Yeah, um, actually. I've been in the app business, uh, since 2000 and, uh, late 2012, early 2013. And, uh, just to begin there, maybe this was after I was into, um, the social networking websites, these were my two big projects that I had before, uh, I started digging into the app world. Uh, but here's how I started and how I got into the app business is uh, by reading uh, Chad Moretta's App Empire book. Just got it on Amazon and I finished it within a few hours. And I immediately started uh, working uh, towards my uh, first app. And I was uh, simply following whatever Chad has described in the book, step by step, just wanted to get my first app as soon as possible. So I hired someone um, who was in New Jersey Uh, A developer and he was a freelancer. I believe I uh, hired him on Odesk. He quoted me 800 bucks uh, for for the for the app, and um, that's that was my kind of like uh, I was benchmarking whatever Chad was doing in the book. I was trying to repeat the same thing. So he said like about 800 bucks should be fine for a prank app because that's how he started. I believe with uh, some. Radar or something like a lie detector app mm. and uh, yeah, so uh, I came up with an idea for an app which was an accent detector. It basically um, detects people 's accents. there is a big mic uh, on the f- on the screen when you open the app, when you tap this mic, uh, there's a sentence that you have to read usually this these sentences were like uh, funny sentences because you have to read them out loud and um, once you read it aloud uh, in the mic, uh, then second screen shows up after 15 seconds um, and give you the result, like you have a Polish accent or you have a Bulgarian accent, etc. So, of course, the, the whole system, there's no real accent detector uh, functionality in it, but it's a prank app in a way that you can pre-type the results. For example, if your friend is French, and uh you want to prank him you can pre-type french accent detector let him use the app and then people are just uh you know wow they're like amazed how how (laughs) does this yeah so this is yeah and or or you can be a little bit more rude you're like brooklyn accent detected or um you know crappy mongolian accent detected you know you can go you can you can just open up your fantasy here but anyways yeah just a long story short that was my first app um I I was in such a rush to submit it and get it live in the app store that I didn't even uh, put any ads or in-app purchases in the app. And the first day I wake up and I see, uh, there's 4,000 downloads on the first day of uh, submitting the app. And, um, I'm like, Oh my God, this is great. I told my developer, uh, he couldn't believe it. He said, you know, you'll be, you'll be lucky if you start getting like 30, 40, 50, uh, downloads a day. Um, and i all of a sudden got like four thousand the first day so i'm like this is big uh there's something here i was pissed at him at the developer because he didn't tell me i have to put some in-app purchases in case the app starts uh it's a success from the beginning so i can start monetizing right away (laughs) but yeah but you know that that's how you learn Uh, sometimes you know you you just want to get the app out there faster than uh and then, uh, uh, I mean, without even like putting anything to monetize it. So that was fun. It was a great experience and, um, uh, it was successful. I think I, so far I have like uh, half a million downloads on this one. Wow.
0: And yeah. Were you, were you living in the States when this happened? Yeah,
1: I was living in the States. Um, I currently live in uh, Las Vegas and, uh, I've been here. I've been in the States since uh, 2006. Got it.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so you when you launch that app, and, you know, I think that's a good lesson of there are a lot of developers. I remember when I was first starting off in 2012, yeah. I got a lot of marketing and monetization advice from developers because they were the ones who knew everything, right? They, they've done all the tests. They've done everything. And I remember getting a lot of, you know, advice similar to that. They're like, don't worry about the monetization. You know, you're not going to get any downloads anytime soon. Huh. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, it was like, oh, that's really good advice. And then after a few apps launched, being like, you know, maybe I should be thinking like a business person and less like exactly. a developer. Exactly. Uh, and so yeah. you you, you continued to grow your portfolio after that, right?
1: I did, yeah. And um, this is, uh, so this was my start. Then I started following uh, other people in the app world, like Trey Smith, and uh, he was, um he had these uh, game building software at the time. Um, so the first one that I that I bought from him, um, it was like a very simple drag and drop game building software. Um, I don't have any experience in coding and programming myself. so that was like uh, the easiest thing uh, for me to do. so I grabbed it. and uh, I started creating games with this software and using uh, my uh, SEO knowledge to apply it to the app store and do some app store optimization. So I started expanding my network, uh, of people who are in, into apps, uh, and getting into these Facebook groups and communities and keep learning about apps and uh, rolling out new, new titles, new different games. But, uh, so yeah, this is when I shifted from, uh, actually apps to more, uh, to the, to the game field. And I think, um, Games are a little bit more fun, not just to when you play them but also to work on games because then you play your own games I mean you can have a prank app you won't be able to use it every day like <laughs> yourself but if you have a game and you you like it, I still play some of my games that, that I've uh, developed so
0: uh, With a, just just a, i don't know if this is jumping back at all but the the social websites you are working on can you talk about what those were mm-hmm. and how those were growing for you
1: uh you mean the social networking sites prior to the apps right yeah exactly yeah so uh just maybe to uh, uh get back at the beginning of of this uh conversation i when i got here in 2006 so this is when i uh, this is when i actually started and uh jumped into this uh online marketing and um, my first project was uh, getting this website out. It's a uh, social networking for Bulgarians who live abroad, just like me. When I first got in the States, I was like, how come there is no uh, website that everyone can communicate, people from Bulgaria, just like me and my wife, for example, can meet other Bulgarians here and get advice, get help, or help others, etc. or simply like find new friends. So there was nothing like this, and I uh, partnered up with uh, two developers from back home from Bulgaria. And within two years, just to shorten the story, we got this uh, website to uh, 50,000 members who live abroad. First, we started in the United States only, and then little by little, we expanded. At this point, I was advertising heavily. It was basically heavily SEO. Organic traffic, and then I shifted to uh, paid uh, paid traffic from AdWords. Mm, Okay. Yeah, and uh, that was fun uh, because a lot of friends that I know now I've met on the website. um, A lot of friends that I know now actually got married through uh, through this website, which is it's it's really cool. You know, some people are like hey, you know what, I, I met uh, this girl on our website and then we when I went back to Bulgaria, we met, now we're married, she's coming here in the States. So I have a lot of these stories and um, and that's, that's pretty good, you know. It's a good feeling when along the way you're uh, developing something, you're making money, but at the same time, um, people benefit from it and you see that you've provided value.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there is that was a very much a fundamental business in the sense that you saw a problem that you yourself had and then you solved it. And a lot of people that are just like you solve the same problem. And, you know, like you said, that's, I mean, that's what business is all about. That's how you grow a business. And that's, that's, it's great to hear. Yeah, exactly. And and so let's, I, I would love to just jump into the Facebook stuff because I know that that's uh, you know, that's your bread and butter. And that's, I think, what I'm, I would love to hear about. And I think that's what a lot of people would like to hear about. And so when did you first start messing with, with Facebook ads, both for the web and for for mobile apps?
1: Yeah, for well, web was first uh, when I started like digging into Facebook and learning Facebook uh, and how to advertise on Facebook. That was after uh, Google made some major changes in uh, 2011. And, uh, overnight, our traffic on this social networking site, like 95% of the traffic uh, simply died overnight. So then I was like, there's, uh, there's a, a different path that I need to be taking right now versus trying to make this work and fixing it. So it was time for a change. So I switched from Google and focused on Facebook. And then I started advertising on Facebook. Um, I took a bunch of classes, read a lot of books, so I'm self-taught, you know, there is no school for that. You just uh, um meet other people online, talk about it, and uh this is how I got into the Facebook uh, advertising world. So first it was web, it was I was advertising um the social networking site, and then when we started expanding and doing different projects, um I started to expand my skills in in web advertising. Then once I got my first app, this is when I started actually applying my knowledge in Facebook ads into, into the apps. And, it's, of course, after, after Facebook rolled out um, app install ads for advertisers.
0: I, I, think what, I think you said something right there that was really, really important. I just want to jump back to it is this idea of do I fix it or do I just switch to something else? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that is yeah. one of the hardest that's one of the hardest things to do in business, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're, you're working by yourself, you know, you it's your own product, things like that. And often people just don't know the answer, right? Cause they don't know what's exactly going on with you. And I think that a lot of people are in the position right now where they're, they're looking at ASO or they're looking at, you know, social media, or they're, they're looking at a variety of things that are getting them downloads and they're, they're, they're trying to fix a problem, you know, quote, quote, unquote, yeah. Instead of asking themselves, maybe I need to fundamentally shift my marketing strategy, right? Maybe I need to go the other end of the spectrum and focus completely on something new. I can tell you, uh, for Blue Cloud Solutions, my website it is it is very much uh, organic traffic, and then there's some social stuff, and it's really hard. Uh, because it was built on that traffic to wrap my head around this idea of turning it into a paid traffic site mm-hmm. versus you know I'm sure someone else could walk in and they would be like what do you, you know this you could just just only focus on Facebook ads so I think that that's like a really really important point for anyone listening if you are you know thinking about Facebook ads or if you're working on ASO if you feel like you're banging your head against the wall yeah sometimes it is just a mindset shift of, of just switching it,
1: exactly and then. um, I've never regretted once I've done like major changes like this, uh, just because you have no, you don't leave yourself uh, a backdoor or you don't have another like choice, but making this work. Mm. And, uh, this is one, um, of the things that help you, but also, um, it's very important that, uh, people, uh, and the business don't get attached, so to say, to, um, Everything that's been working till this point, you know, you you think about it like I've uh, spent uh, a lot of uh, I've spent a lot of hours on making this work so far. I've spent a lot of money on it, a lot of invested a lot of time on it. But now it it is not working anymore. So people kind of are attached to the to the whole thing and they want to keep dragging it, trying to make it work. Keep dragging, trying to make it work. But sooner or later, you know, the more you drag it, uh, the worse it's getting. Versus when you simply jump out of it and start something new, some starting that's working right now. And uh, this is very helpful when you know when to, to shift, to, to shift your focus to, to something that's working right now. Yeah. I, think, I think Brian Tracy was, uh, uh, I think I read that in his books uh, when he was saying, uh, knowing what you now know, would you do the same thing or would you do the, the, the something new? So, if you put things on the table and you're like, you know, if I start fresh from today, which one should I choose? Should I choose Facebook or Google? And back in 2011, I chose Facebook. And um, I think I I chose the the winning combination here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And I think the other thing that you you mentioned which feeds into that is this uh, realization that it's almost impossible to – to do that on your own, like to have that switch without talking to other people, without getting their advice, without learning from other people. Oh yeah. And you know, you mentioned meeting people online. What are some of the places you would go to talk to other people about, you know, at least in 2011 for Facebook ads, but where would you go to, to meet these people and talk to them?
1: Well, these will be all the uh, Facebook groups. This is where I, um, find answers. This is where I find people that, uh, know, more than me in specific areas. And uh, even if you simply go in these groups and uh, find questions that are related to uh, some of your problems or uh, things that you are trying to solve right now and read through the comments, there's so much valuable information there that you don't even have to participate. Mm. And these are Facebook groups, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm a member in uh, most of these app entrepreneur groups as well and also the, the Facebook advertising groups. So this is where you learn most of the stuff. Right. And uh, and you become good at it once you put it into action because theory means nothing. Like someone can talk a lot about Facebook, but if they haven't spent money uh, and haven't experienced it themselves, then um, it's not the same, it's simply not the same.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that that is probably the key. In my opinion, that's the key to Facebook is just, you know, opening up the campaign, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, uh, you know, like you said, there's, I always think about how there. there's really nothing in business that multiple people haven't solved before, right? Like there, there's no problem that has not been solved countless times, almost to the point where there's probably hundreds of books written about the exact problem that someone is having. Uh-huh. And when when you think about that, you realize like it just comes down to like finding the information and then taking a step further and actually doing something about it. So uh, I think that's huge, you know, just not only being in the Facebook groups, but realizing you got to actively go in and, you know, read what people are writing, read the comments, take notes from it. Even if you're not going to ask questions, you know, be an active member on your own side. Exactly. Write your own notes and and. Make some moves on it. Yeah. Uh, and so when you when you started buying uh, Facebook traffic in 2011, it was a, it was obviously a very different beast uh, a couple of years ago, and it's always evolving, right? And it'll be different in a couple of years from now. Uh, what what sort of properties were you buying traffic towards?
1: Oh, uh, it was uh, mostly web 2011, and then uh, 2012, 2013. It's where I really started doing mobile app installs.
0: With, with the web, was it going to like uh, website like
1: it, yeah it was different it was a uh, physical products it was uh, the social networking which was a subscription-based uh, service so yeah that these were the two uh, major web uh, uh, verticals got it
0: and so and I just want to be for everybody if anyone's listening if you don't understand like know what buying traffic means just to be so totally transparent this means like you go on Facebook and you put a budget in and you set up a campaign which We'll talk a little bit about, and let's say for twenty dollars you get two hundred people to click on your ad, like you are buying two hundred clicks to your website or two hundred clicks to your iTunes page. So if, yep. uh, when we say we're buying traffic, that's what you, you know you're spending money and getting people to do to come to your property in in exchange.
1: Exactly, you're ba- you're buying, um, basically impressions, which is, uh, views on your ads. And, uh, the way Facebook charges is they charge you, it's a OCPM. So they charge you a per thousand impressions that you, uh, thousand people when thousand people see your ad. Facebook has uh, different, uh, gradings in terms of how much, uh, they will uh, charge you for that. And now that things are getting a little bit more advanced where you don't uh, need to charge to be charged per impressions, but you can be charged and set uh, like a cap on how much you are willing to spend per click, how much you're willing to spend per conversion and then we're opening another door here where uh, conversions can mean a lot of things and you can uh, basically pay per conversion which is a sale on your website. For example, first people go onto your website, they opt in, then a couple of days later, they convert into a sale which is let's say a 1000 or 2000 dollar product and you can optimize your campaigns now to um so that Facebook finds more people that are similar to the ones that already converted so that's the that's the beauty of Facebook that you can optimize for conversions now versus like optimize per cheap um uh, clicks or um cheap views etc etc so now this is the performance marketing where every single penny is accounted for. You know what you paid for versus you simply buying cheap traffic. It doesn't really matter because a lot of people are getting confused uh, here. Uh, they think like, I-, I need cheap app installs. It's not uh, a question whether the app install will be cheap or expensive. It's how much uh, your uh, uh, like ROI uh, will be on, on the money that you, that you put in Facebook and the traffic you're buying.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think that's probably the I see it as, like the next big thing in mobile is that that ROI is is the side that's going to change. I think that the the cost per install for for the most part isn't going to change massively, dramatic, like over the next year or two. Like it's not going to get more expensive or cheaper in like an order of magnitude. Mm-hmm. But the amount of money that developers and marketers can make in the app has the ability to go you know, a hundred X bigger, like you can sell thousand dollar products in an app with the CPI, like cost per install is probably, maybe it goes from $2 to $3 or to $5, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter nearly as much.
1: There's some gaming companies uh, that are spending uh, $30 per install. Wow. And yeah, uh, $30 per install versus, so here's the thing with Facebook, maybe we should give a little background of what makes Facebook so, such a good platform to advertise on. Um, this is the, the targeting. There's like a massive uh, amount of possibilities here that you can target people who are specifically gonna convert on your app. And I'm not just talking about demographics like uh, age and gender, and then um, location-based. These are just, this is just the base when you, when you start targeting people. But you can target people on interests And you can right now, actually, Facebook is allowing advertisers to slice those interests uh, and narrowing it down by adding an end end statement. For example, you like Rolling Stones and you also like um, skydiving. So if you have a product that combines both, you can not only target people who like Rolling Stones, but you can target people who like skydiving and do like, the, whenever these uh, this audience intersects, this is a super uh, highly targeted audience. And then you can do that to like four or five different types of interests until you find the small niche, and your audience will not grow inside, in size, uh, the opposite. The audience will become smaller, but at the same time, it's very highly targeted, and you will be spending um, money towards People who, uh, who are uh, much more likely to uh, buy and convert uh, versus the broader uh, options.
0: Mm. That, that's it. Reminds me, of, there's a guy you may know, him, Perry Marshall, yeah. who kind of wrote the book on AdWords. And back in he wrote this back in like early 2000s, I think. And he used to talk about something called right angle marketing, which was this kind of pie in the sky idea of exactly what you just said. It's like, you know, people who like fly fishing may also love noise canceling headphones, but there's no, there's no market data that's going to show you. And he had written all this like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And now Facebook is allowing you to really yep. dig into all this. Uh, it, it, it's, it's it's mind blowing. I mean, if for anyone who's never done Facebook ads, when you get into the platform and you see the level Of stuff that you could target people on it is absolutely insane.
1: It is insane. And then uh, again, there's uh, so many um, different hacks that you can I mean uh, I'm learning I'm still learning every day and I find new stuff because Facebook is changing and they're um, So dynamic in their changes that you can never catch up to them. I mean, this is how they stay uh, on the top of the game like they're constantly changing so that the the, the, whenever the competition, uh, tries to, um, catch, catch up with them, they're already somewhere else. And, uh, by the time I try to catch up with something, they're already like rolling out something totally new in the platform. So you, it's uh, everyday learning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a
1: process that, but yeah, the fun, fundamental stuff, uh, the experience, uh, that I have, this helps me a lot to predict what's going to be next and, uh, where things are moving towards so that I know how to make my adjustments, for example, in my campaigns, etc.
0: Yeah, and one thing with, uh, for for someone out there, or, you know, for anybody who's getting into Facebook ads, I think one of the questions is, they hear about interests, they hear about demographic targeting, and they get it, like, there's so much you can do. But the obvious obstacle is, well, I don't really know where to start, right? I have a game that's, a casino game or what, you know, I I got the source code, I created a new game, blah, blah, blah. And they ask, well, where? how do I even know what the def- demographic targeting is? And my hmm. response is always, well, you got to install the Facebook SDK, which is like the code of Facebook. And then Facebook will show you who these people are. And is there anything else that someone could do if they're if they're not familiar with Facebook ads and they want to learn about, who their customer is, who their users are in their app. Is there anything that they can do beyond just installing a Facebook SDK and, and seeing the analytics? Uh,
1: well, first, uh, if they have never used uh, uh, Facebook, adver- I mean, if they've never advertised on Facebook before, if they don't have the Facebook SDK on their app, they should look into their other reports and uh, other analytics that they're using, be it Flurry or whatever they're, they're using for analytics and see what um, the demographics are uh, of Facebook, uh, on their audience, see who, uh, the highest value users are in terms of like age and gender location as well. Then having this information as a benchmark, they can move into Facebook. They can, um, install the SDK on their app and, uh, what actually they, they have to do. I'm just going to give them steps right now to help, uh, to, um, uh, the audience to everyone that is listening right now is after you have the SDK installed, Facebook already automatically starts generating these custom audiences. Of course, you have to go and uh, create a custom audience, but anyone that plays uh, your game and has a Facebook account will be uh, plugged in into this custom audience of people that later on you can review and you can see where, like, what is the demographic on it. You can see whether it's uh, the majority of people playing your game are female, whether they're uh, 18 to 24 uh, years old, or they're like uh, 45 plus. And having this custom audience, this is um, another jump back into the targeting uh, possibilities on Facebook. Um, what's working right now, and a lot of advertisers are uh, focused on that, it's called what is called lookalike audiences. And, um, I'm just going to explain what a lookalike audiences and why is it so helpful when you start advertising on Facebook? Once you had this custom audience of everyone who plays your game, you can, uh, use it as a source audience and create, for example, if for, for the last uh, month, you have 70,000 installs on your game, this custom audience will grow to like, um, uh, 50, 60,000, then you can create lookalike audiences off of this source audience, the 50, 60,000 who installed your game. And um, you can tell Facebook to create uh, one to 10 million in size audience of people who have um, a lot of commonalities with the people who already play your game. And Facebook will match the source audience against their user base. And they will generate a few audiences for you uh, based on what you need. If you want 2 million in size audience, that's like 1%, uh, 2% audience. And you can retarget these people who are very likely to be uh, having the same commonalities as your source audience. And this is how you have highly targeted audiences to retarget now.
0: Got it. And so let me let me say this back to you so that uh... – and For my own understanding and also for the for the audience, so when you install the s d k facebook is saying okay we're we 're collecting data and then you can go into your your Facebook ad account and set up what 's called a custom audience, and you would name the custom audience something like all app users or whatever it may be exactly or yeah. app users in the last thirty days or or whatever And yeah. Facebook would start to tag all those people with that custom audience, so let 's say it gets up to five thousand people. Now, if you want to go get more people like that 5,000 or or maybe you want to get more people just like the the ones that uh, purchased something in your app, you can then go to Facebook and say, okay, let's create a lookalike audience, which is a brand new list of people that's never seen your app before. And I want them all to look like my custom audience. I want them all to look like my current app users, current buyers, all that. Facebook will then go out and find, let's say, a million people in the country of your choice that is their best guess of people that will, be, will perform the same way that your custom audience did. So that when you buy traffic, instead of buying against just interests, you're buying against algorithm, you know, Facebook saying, hey, these are the best people, this is the best pool, and they can go out and get millions of people with their, you know, massive data science. And deliver you this this lookalike audience, which is like their estimation of the best people that you should go after.
1: Yeah, exactly. You you nailed it. <clears throat> That's exactly how it works. And um, the beauty of it is, uh, uh, you mentioned about uh, creating different types of lookalike audiences, and uh, this is what Facebook actually allows you. When you install the SDK, uh, you can create different audiences. Uh, for example based on the device that the app was installed of. So you can create like I mean, you can create custom audience uh, for uh, iOS users and a separate one for Android users. You can uh, create custom audience for uh, uh, different downstream events and uh, in-app actions. For example, if someone completed level three, you can create a custom audience for that specific event and Facebook will start generating you Uh, a custom audience of people who have completed that level or people who have made a purchase that is uh, $1.99 and then another custom audience you can create where uh, there's people who purchased um, for example $39.99 so these are different levels and different types of buyers and then you can create lookalike audiences based on these in-app downstream events like buyers only and then you can with your ads, you will uh, be able to test and see who converts better and um, which audience gives you a better uh, return on your ad spend. For example, the app install lookalike audience will include only people will include people who install the app. But then you can run um, uh, simultaneously campaign that is targeting only people who uh, purchased within the app. And you can compare the performance of these two audiences. And then and then you can optimize towards uh, the better performing audience.
0: Right. And yeah, and, and I think that's a key with lookalike is that a lookalike audience based on the people that purchased your 99 cent in-app purchase may behave completely differently than a lookalike audience of people that purchased your 1999 in-app purchase or the yeah. lookalike audience that's off of all your users in general. And it, it just, you know, it really is an exercise in testing. And I think that, that, that brings up a question that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in is let's say someone came to you, you know, a buddy, right. And they came and they said, Hey, I got an app and I really want to set up a, uh, a winning Facebook campaign. What are the different parts that are required for, for that to happen?
1: You mean what will be the next steps uh, into like launching the campaign?
0: Yeah. Like, you know, let's say they have a, a, a pretty good app, right? And let's say it's a, a specific niche market app. Let's say it's like a, I don't know, like a music app or something, right? And it's 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 for jazz musicians or whatever it may be. And yeah. They've got a great app and they're like, look, I know this app is great. I, I just want to get more users into it. Uh, what are the what are the steps that you would tell him to do to go forth and conquer?
1: Well, first step will be installing the SDK in the app, uh, updating the app because the app needs to be updated, of course, uh, in order for for it to properly connect with Facebook and start reporting data back to Facebook. So once this part is done, uh, we will uh, start creating the first custom audiences from uh, different in-app events but let's focus only on app install event for now. So we'll, we'll have this custom audience of, let's say the 30,000 um, downloads from the, last, from the last month. And uh, based of this, we can create some lookalike audiences. So now we have our part of our targeting done. Next step would be um, create uh, dif- different uh, creatives. So the, the creative uh, testing is one of the phases and uh, usually the first phase. So uh, what, what we will do is create like 10 images, different concepts of the 10, 10 images. Um, we'll create ad copy, which is uh, the creative text that goes along with the image uh, in the ad, different headlines. And we'll run, like based on the budget, we can run tests simply to see uh, which images perform better. And this will be in terms of a click-through rate. So the click-through rate uh, would define the better image then we will um, Get the winning image out of these ten and we'll focus only on this image Then we'll see uh, we'll run another test uh, just for ad copy for example and see which ad copy converts uh, not converts uh, which ad copy performs uh, the best and then out of the ten ad copies will uh, We'll take the winning one same process goes for headline once we have a winning headline ad copy and image then we have a base to start off. And having this uh, winning combination of uh, the ad itself, we're moving into targeting. So who are we going to target now? Uh, We can simply target the lookalike audience of one million people who are similar and have similar commonalities to uh, the the custom audience of 30,000 app installers, people who install the app. And we can also do another thing we can slice this look-alike audience with interests and by slicing i mean let's say we target two million people in the united states with the look-alike audience alone but then we can narrow it down by including interest targeting in the audience so you said the app will be about uh, jazz and musicians we'll need to do some research and see what other apps Musicians and specifically people who are into jazz like. And there's different, uh, I'm not gonna go too much in, into the weeds with that, but uh, there's different tactics um, for uh, interest research here. But let's say we researched uh, what are the best, I mean, we researched a few good interests that we can slice the lookalike with, and we'll include those in the interest targeting. So now from 2 million people, lookalike audience we'll probably break it down to 500,000, but these will be people who are, um, like the people who already install our app, and they're also into jazz, and they're also probably musicians, because we can do uh, target people by job title. So it really depends, uh, there's a lot of possibilities here for, for um, targeting, but this is one example, and we will run the first campaign, and see how, uh, how this combination of targeting performs. Then we will create 10, 20 different combinations of uh, targeting and then we'll see which one gives us better results in terms of CPI, cost per install. And we will uh, start hunting uh, those uh, top performers. So next phase is again, it's like a cycle. We started with uh, creative testing we moved into targeting. Now we're back into creative testing. So now we know that this is the winning image. We need lower CPI. We need to improve that image. So we'll create 10 different variations of this image and test those against our top audience. And we'll see which one of these 10 images performs the best. And we'll move forward with audience expansion, etc. So if uh, if that's a winning um, strategy in terms of, uh, getting positive ROI. Um, then, then this is, uh, the layout that I can give you right now. Yeah. And, and the- you can start executing, ex- executing if, if you're, if you're already, um, into the uh, Facebook, uh, advertising and you want to, you know, scale your apps. I mean, this is a working uh, strategy.
0: That, that's really interesting too, is that the first phase is all about finding the right ad headline creative, right? You know, you get the, what's the winning image, what's the winning text or whatever it may be. And you can do that on pretty much any general audience, or at least, you know, you take your best guess about like, hey, maybe men between the ages of 30 and 60 like this or, you know, whatever. So you just get a huge amount of people just to get that click-through rate. Because when you say something wins or something is better, you're basing that all off of, like click-through rate, I'm assuming. Is that correct?
1: Well, for the first testing, the phase number one, uh, yes, uh, it's based on click-through rate. It's also based on uh, CPI as well because you can get a good click-through rate on one image, but um, your cost per install could be higher uh, compared to another image that has lower click-through rate but uh, but also lower cost per install. Um, so it's, it really depends of the message on the images, uh, as well, because different images attract different type of uh, people. And that's very important when you, you need to take into account, uh, what's on the image, what makes people click on it. And also not only look at click through rate, but also look at, uh, conversion, click to conversion. So, uh, this metrics is basically uh, on on a thousand people how many clicked, but then followed through and installed the app. So one image might just be uh, something that attracts the, attracts the eye, and you would click on it, but then you won't convert, you won't install the app. Mm. Where there's a different image that <clears throat> has lower click-through rate, <clears throat> Pardon me. you would not uh, click on it, uh, you won't see such a higher click-through rate on it, but the people who click on it actually convert on a with a much higher conversion rate versus the previous image.
0: Mm, that's really true. I uh, I own a couple other websites, and one of my other websites I'm running two identical, or I should say, everything's identical, except one is an image and one is a video. It's like a two minute, basically a promo uh-huh. video, and uh, the thumbnail is the same image as the as the static ad. And the static image has a much better click-through rate. It's like 4 or 5%. And the video ad has, you know, about a 2% click-through rate. But the co- the cost per conversion on the video ads is half the price because people are watching the video. They know what they're going to get. Exactly. And when they yep. get to the page, it's, you know, they're already, like, anticipating it. So I think that comes down to, like, the, uh, you know, why am I clicking on this, right? I think that's always a good question to ask as a marketer is, not only I'm gonna get more clicks, but asking yourself, you know, why are why would someone click on this? What are they expecting mm-hmm. to see once they click on this? And am I delivering on those expectations? Um, one thing you you mentioned uh, in passing was this idea of once you get so you go creative and then you go targeting. And you said once you want to start targeting, you want to start researching what these users are interested in. What are some of the places? or tools that you use to find out that or do that research or to find out what the interests are?
1: One of the tools that I use is called uh, Audience Insights and this is provided uh, in the Facebook uh, Ad Manager. So whoever has an Ad Manager account, they can uh, go to settings and then simply click on the Audience Insights. So what this tool is providing you with is um, all the demographics, and uh all kinds of information about the segment of people and the audience that you're going after so for example if we um if we want to research the jazz because we opened that um uh, that topic about the jazz if you want to research people who are into jazz uh, first thing i would do is um i would go to uh, the audience insights tool and type in uh jazz and uh in the field over there by the interests. So this will, what this will do is uh, narrow the audience, for example, in the United States to only people who are into jazz. Then you can click over there, there's different tabs. So you can see the demographic of people who are into jazz. So you can see um, where the majority of the people are, whether they're male or female and what age they are. So then you can narrow down and, Narrow down your uh, audience to only people who are into jazz. For example, if 18 to 25 uh, year old are not um, into jazz that much, uh, that, that much meaning like uh, the audience is too small, you can simply ignore these and you can uh, focus only on 25 to 45, for example. Hmm. Then you can you can focus only on female if you want. And then there's a different tricks over there. You can actually see based on the interest you plugged in, which is jazz, what other, uh, what pages people like. And once you see a page, for example, that is very specific to jazz, for example, jazz.com. I don't know if there's jazz.com, but I'm just saying like there's a website or community for people who are into jazz or some kind of super popular forum only for jazz people. Then you can see all these page likes and then you can grab jazz.com, for example, And put it in the interests and then What Facebook will do and this audience insights tool will do is actually show you people who are only Interested in like jazz.com. So now you're very specific Specifically researching people who are into jazz then you go back to the demographics and you see how the demographics are changing. So now uh, you can see uh, that for example 25 to 35 are less likely to uh, be into included into this audience versus 45 to 55 <clears throat> you can keep narrowing it down until you um, you until you do this I mean uh, while you're doing this you will keep looking at the page likes tab and research different interests like jazzcom and this is where I usually start with you can uh, you can take notes on the site and create like a list of 20 different interests like jazz.com and then you can target those people on Facebook. Or what else you can do is you can simply go after people who are celebrities and they're jazz musicians. You can go and research any forums. Actually, forums works the best because the most passionate people to a certain niche, they're always into uh, any of these forums. So if there's A big audience in Facebook uh, that is a forum, then you should go after these people because they're the most loyal, most passionate people in that niche. Uh, You can go after, uh, for example, conferences. If there's conference in the niche that you are and uh, you can target this on Facebook, that's another um, option for you. And these are very highly targeted people because who goes on on a jazz conference, for example, if there's anything like that, of course, or firefighting. If there's any um, conferences and events that uh, that are in your niche, you can target those as well. Uh, I already mentioned the celebrities, um, the events. Uh, you, you can just there's a uh, there's many many possibilities that you can go after.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's that's something that uh, w- when we talk about things like unique selling propositions and solving problems, it's because the The research like the business gets so much easier when you have people that are very very specific they ha- they they have very specific interests they they're in a specific niche and that brings up a question that i personally have and i i don't know if there's an answer and i'm not trying to put you on the spot on this but yep. what about people that are building kind of generic games right what if they're what if mm-hmm. they they have buildbox and they build a a generic you know, endless runner game or, or flat design game, would what sort of, would they, I mean, obviously they would probably do the similar research, but what are some examples off the top of your head that you would recommend doing to find people that would play those games?
1: Yeah, that's a good question because there's uh, basically no niche there. Right. Is what you're saying. Yeah, there's they're not tied to any specific team or niche. Um, so these are um, the, the the small... Uh, the, the, these small uh, uh, games that we see without a team, I would go broad on uh, this type of uh, game. I wouldn't tie it up to any other game, like, for example, people who are playing Candy Crush Saga because these are the social games where uh, the demographic there is different. And um, once you start targeting people who are into social games like Candy Crush or any casino games, demographic is um, all 25 plus, where build box games, I believe, are played by people who are uh, more teenagers, up to 24. So I would, I would focus on broad targeting, meaning no targeting at all, uh, in terms of interests. I would focus on lookalikes, people who have already installed my game, so I can retarget those uh, on a larger scale and I would simply open it up from 18 to 24 because you don't want to um, target kids who uh, probably won't be able to spend anything mm. within the game. So I would go 18, 24, I would go super broad with lookalikes and uh, go there. Because um, here's another thing, Facebook charges you more once you start narrowing down the audience too much. So for example, if you have lookalike and then you slice it with interest, because of the precision of this uh, audience that you're getting, the CPM will rise. So the CPM is the, is the cost per thousand impressions. So sometimes you have $3 CPM if you go on a broad targeting and you're targeting, for example, 10 million people. And then your CPM will can, can rise up to $40 once you get super targeted and you're only targeting 100,000 people. But there super specific in there the people that you need for your app.
0: Got so yep. Yeah. Okay, well that, yeah, that makes sense and I think it, like there's a shift. The more general your game is, the the more it shifts over to uh you know, the creative optimization is there's more important because you're appealing to pretty much everybody and you're just looking for the ad that's going to get the best numbers versus the jazz music example or or any yeah. niche mark example the targeting becomes much more important because like that interest is what's going to drive them in much more than the, the ad or the copy per se.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, if, um,
0: if you, uh,
1: get the CPI targets, uh, that you're aiming for and you're, you'll be able to scale much faster, uh, with a broad targeting because, uh, when you compare a pool of uh, 100,000 people versus 10 million, you can't really scale that much into this uh, audience of 100,000 or or be it 2 million versus the broad audience of uh, 10, 20, 000, uh, 10, 20 million people.
0: Yeah. So, And w- one thing too uh, that for anyone listening out there, I, I think that w- one thing I've learned over, you know, I've never really, I mean, I've, I've done some pretty big traffic campaigns, but not like, you know, the five hundred, six $600,000 a month traffic campaigns that some other guys do. But one thing I've learned is that it can be daunting at first to, to like test as much as is required to find these hidden pockets of, of money. And a lot of people stop before they get to the point where they find what they're looking for. And it's, it's hard to keep that, the the vision in mind of like, once I hit, once you find it in paid traffic, I mean, it it is like, you just pull like the dams open up and like, you just like, I found a a winning ad with a winning audience that works on a winning device. And I can just, I can push my budget as, as much as uh, Facebook will allow with the audience. And I think that that. That's really important to remember is that it it's not like you set up Facebook and the first campaign you run <laughs> is going to work, you know, yeah. especially on mobile apps. Like that the, just doesn't happen unless it's like the most hyper specific app with a thousand dollar lifetime value, then you might be in business. But I think that that's something I want to say. And I, the reason I want to say it is because uh, one of the questions I had for you was what do you think the difference is between someone like yourself, and someone who is uh, very, very smart, and they're just getting started in Facebook ads, right? Like there's so many developers that are super smart, and they have great products and everything else, but they get into Facebook ads, and even if they take a course and they follow the the, the same steps and everything we've talked about, they might never see a, a big win with Facebook ads. Whereas someone like yourself or someone else who's really good at Facebook ads would be able to make that app really successful. What do you think some of the differences are between you and, or someone in your position and someone who is you know, starting from, from the beginning uh, with Facebook ads?
1: Um, well, first of all, if, if in, in, in this comparison, I would have uh, all the experience and the knowledge versus someone who is starting now and he's going to go through all these mistakes that I won't go through. Uh, but if, uh, probably the question is if we both know, uh, if we both have like equal skills and knowledge in Facebook marketing, but he has, um, a thousand dollar budget a month versus me who have 500,000 budget a month. So probably that that's what, what the question is, right? Because they're limited to, to the budget as well. And once you're limited to the budget, you won't be able to learn as fast. Yeah. And it, yeah, so for example, I would be spending much more on testing upfront and learn as fast as I can so that I can start scaling faster. Uh, but also, uh, it's not impossible and a lot of people are getting great success w- with Facebook, uh, simply because they are limited on their budget and they're monitoring it every single dollar so closely, uh, so that, uh, they're not making the mistakes and they're not uh, producing too much waste, where when you have a larger budget, you can, uh, for example, launch 100 ads today to find out something that, you can basically find it out with uh, less waste. Once you start launching 100 ads to find out a winning image, um, you're introducing waste and you're doing this just for the purpose of of learning and see which image uh, has the better performance. When you have a limited uh, budget, you would run a test with uh, 100 bucks a day versus 500 uh, bucks a day. So that's that's huge. And uh, the less you spend, the less data you have, the less you learn. I mean, the slower you learn.
0: Got it. Yeah, I think I think that that uh, what you said before was was like the uh, the second piece of the question, which is what are some of the mistakes that a lot of people getting started with Facebook ads make that you've learned not to make?
1: I think they give up too early. Mm. A lot of people are giving up too early once. Uh, they, they, a lot of people think like Facebook has set it and forget it or it didn't work. Uh, it, it didn't work now. Uh, I, I don't see this good click to rate. Nobody's installing the app or I'm getting very high CPI. So I would never be able to uh, return my own investment on um, on Facebook. Uh, but uh, with Facebook is con- is uh, as I said constantly learning and testing. So what I would recommend for a beginner uh, developer who starts on Facebook is to set as sp- he will be testing at least for a month before he he's able to scale. So they can simply start with uh, hundred bucks a day budget and follow the steps that that I explained earlier um, once they narrow down the winning image and the audience they can keep breaking down this audience uh, so that they can lower their CPI by breaking the audience I mean like doing audience segmentation for example uh, they can they can break down um, by age by doing uh, and targeting in a separate uh, campaign, just people who are 18 to 24. And then in a separate campaign or separate ad sets, they can target people who are uh, 25 to 34 and break it down by 10 years, all the way to 65. So now mm-hmm. you're gonna have like five different campaigns or five different ad sets. But just to call them campaigns for now, because we, we don't wanna go too much into details of ad set or campaign. So now you're targeting and you're split testing to see uh, which segment by age will perform better. And then you can do a separate test where you're running male versus female. Once you you, uh, see your performance in a day or two, you'll be able to identify the segment that performs the best. And you can turn off the other campaigns and you can focus only on female 35 to 45 for example because because this is giving you the lowest cpi once you have that you can break it down even further you can break down uh, this segment female 35 to 45 by device for example iphone in one campaign versus uh, ipad in one campaign versus ipod in a separate campaign so now you have uh, these three tests running simultaneously. And for, in a day or two, you will see, that uh, for example, iPad um, converts much better and shows better conversion in terms of CPI. So now you're focused on your uh, best top-performing segment without producing too much waste, but without losing so much money on, on learning. But now that you have this, you, you know what to focus uh, on. And you can keep doing these segmentations. And then you can keep testing... The creative and the ad copy and you can keep expanding and testing different interests until you're um, onto something hot and you're able to scale that after that.
0: Are there any tools that you use? I've seen some stuff like, uh, what's it called? AdSpresso. I know Facebook has Power Editor. Do you use any of those tools to manage these tests?
1: Uh, To manage the test, you can simply use Power Editor or the Ad Manager
0: yeah i mean they, uh, if, the, the, the,
1: if you're a beginner, I would simply stick to the ad manager and and power editor
0: yeah though i mean which are which are both terrific as as long as you uh you know you're you're mildly organized <laughs> that then you're you're all set um and I think one thing too along with what you just said that I would urge anybody out there is that even if you know I think one thing is realizing. There, there's two phases of the Facebook ads where the first phase is you just got to learn, you got to learn how to do it and you got to learn, you got to get answers, right? You got to get data. And the second phase is you want to make money, right? Like you want to drive profitable users. And I would urge anybody out there to not only install the Facebook SDK, but to set up a campaign and just start sending traffic to your app for like $5 a day. Because I think if you do that and you, once you start seeing Real data that shows what and who your users are, you start making different decisions about your app you know for example, yep. like we it's easy to theorize about oh well, you know if they're eighteen to twenty four or twenty four to fifty five or whatever it may be that's a very like, it's easy to put that in your brain and say but once you start spending your own money and you start seeing that those are the people that are clicking on your ad and you're like wow ninety five percent of my users are male. Yep. Just, like you, like you subconsciously and consciously, I guess, start updating your app differently. You start using different language. You start using different colors. And, and that alone is is a huge ROI that a lot of people forget about. And so I think that a lot of people, the reason people stop is because they're, they're asking themselves, well, this isn't going to be profitable for me, you know, direct response wise. I don't see the, the money coming out of the, the, the app that I'm putting in the Facebook ads Mm -hmm. instead of saying, gosh, I'm learning so much about what to do next, about what people want, about who these people are, what they're interested in. That is like the ultimate marketing blueprint.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, exactly uh, how it is. And then here's something that I can add on to this uh, because it's, it's very important. You can learn from Facebook, um what people like about your app and then apply it into your game or app and make it better and improve it but also here, here's for another example um once you start testing creatives and images and you see how you're making progress on Facebook with your ads you can take these images and you based on what people were clicking the most on Facebook i mean not clicking the most but has the highest engagement on Facebook with your ads you can base your um, App Store uh, s- uh, screens and um, the first five screens that you have on the Apple App Store, for example, you can base those uh, of the winning images that you had on Facebook. Yeah. Because, yeah. You've, yeah. because you've already tested that. You see like people, for example, like when there's a um, real character uh, and this character is, for example, a woman and it's not a man. So you can change that in the App Store and you immediately improve your conversion rates here as well, because your ads are congruent with what people see in the app store. They, your conversion rates go higher, etc. So here, that, that's another thing. Uh, maybe your Facebook advertising, um, there's nothing. Um, I mean, it, 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 the way it's set up right now, it's, uh, it's perfect. But once you change something on the app store, everything can change immediately on Facebook as well in terms of your performance. For example, if you change the first two screens, then your conversion rates can drop and you can blame Facebook for not, uh, you know, performing as you were expecting. But at the same time, it's the app store screenshots that you change that, that are actually hurting your performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that for anyone out there who's doing ASO, you know, the just internal ASO, this is the fastest way to get real data on like you don't need to update your app necessarily to find out what screenshot should be first. just run six Facebook ads and see which one gets the best click through rate and all of a sudden you you know what your first uh you know your first screenshot should be and you can just learn so much so and like you said, and you've said this multiple times like you can learn so fast i mean facebook ads the the speed of Facebook ads and how fast you can get data back is like I mean, it's a matter of minutes when you launch a campaign once it's approved, yeah. which is, I mean, that, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, Well, Manol, this has been incredibly insightful and super helpful. Uh, How can people learn more about you, Facebook ads? How can, you know, what would you recommend them doing?
1: Well, um, how can they learn more about me? They can... Uh, uh, Simply add me on Facebook or search for me on Facebook and uh, add me as a friend. Uh, I have no problem with like helping out people whenever I have downtime, uh, someone who wants to learn more. Um, What I'm working on right now is a course specifically for mobile app uh, installs uh, for people who are beginners to advanced marketers who want to, to improve and scale their campaigns. So this, um, course is coming out soon. I don't have an exact date yet with, to announce, uh, right now, but maybe we can put a link later on, um, down there where people can find out more about the course. Yeah, sure. Other than, other than that, I don't want to, uh, simply promote, promote what I'm doing, but, uh, my suggestion is, uh, find any Facebook group, uh, that talks about Facebook marketing, um, and Facebook advertising and start from there start from there, communicate with people um, this is how I started, so this is uh, why I 'm recommending it because these are my steps. simply make the first move uh, make your first campaign, put like a fifty dollar budget a day for testing if you don't if you don't have fifty dollars a day or budget you can you, you can go with less even but as long as you um, get into uh these dynamics of facebook you see how interesting it is once you start learning of who is clicking on your ads who is converting on your game etc etc it's uh, very addictive it's yeah. very addictive
0: yeah it's, it's, it becomes its own game you know you, you gamify your own advertising it's great
1: yeah it is it's amazing and then you you can't uh, once you start scaling this is the best part <clears throat> once you uh, hit your cost targets for example uh, you're profitable at a um, fifty cost per install and then you nailed $0.50 cents installs on Facebook uh, within your first week, then you will freak out because you would like to scale as fast as you can. You would like to spend $1,000 a day just because you know your ROI is 200%. So this is the, the funniest part and this, this gives you uh, a lot of pleasure. So Facebook is, is I don't think... Uh, Facebook advertising—it's something boring versus uh, when you create your games. Because I, I like creating games, but I like Facebook advertising on Facebook too, um, a lot. And uh, once you start making money and see uh, profitable campaigns, uh, you will get addicted. That's it. <laughs> That's it.
0: That's great. Yeah. Then we'll we'll all be uh, we'll all be Facebook gurus after that. <clears throat> well, Manol, thank you so much for for taking the time and for sharing your knowledge. This has been really helpful and uh, we will put all the information and everything else in the show notes and you know, let people know about when you release your course but uh, thanks a lot for, for joining us man I really appreciate it it was a pleasure thanks for having me this has been another episode of the Blue Cloud Podcast for more information on app development ebooks reliable source codes and more expand your mobile knowledge by going to bluecloudsolutions.com